Brain Injury Today is sponsored by the Washington State Traumatic Brain Injury Council and produced by Goal 17 Foundation. The CDC back in the early 2000s labeled traumatic brain injury a silent epidemic. So the book is really intended to uh, help guide, navigate, answer questions for a survivor as well as family. And um, I hope it's a, a tool that will be used far and wide. Welcome to Brain Injury Today, your connection to the brain injury community. I'm Deborah Crawley, Executive Director for the Brain Injury Alliance of Washington. This is an exciting episode. We're going to be discussing a new book, Understanding Traumatic Brain Injury, A Guide for Survivors and Families by Richard Adler. We work with Richard for many years at BIAWA. He is a board member who has done so much for this organization. He's an attorney with the Adler Giersch firm. He's represented many families affected by brain injury and pushed for laws that can help both prevent and ensure the best practices and um, services are available. Richard, welcome. Delighted to be here. Thank you for the invitation. We are so glad to be discussing this today. And we're really fortunate to have Brandon Blake and Sabrina Bonaparte. Brandon is a survivor and Sabrina, his wife, has been by his side throughout his recovery. Not only did they help shape the book by sharing their own experiences, Sabrina is also a member of the board of the BIAWA, and Brandon has been one of the core members of our community, really helping others to navigate their journeys individually and by sharing with this book, hopefully to help others um, navigate who may never have the, the honor and pleasure, as I would say, of meeting both of you. Welcome, Sabrina. Hi, Debra. Thanks for having me here today. And welcome, Brandon. Thanks. Really happy to be here. Okay. So, wow, this is a big deal. And I want to learn more about how this came to be. This book provides a lot of information for both professionals and the caregiver survivor. Um, but today our focus will be on that caregiver survivor piece um, with that input from Brandon and Sabrina. And then just to let you all know, we're doing a follow-up episode that will be with a, a couple of our professionals in our community who were also involved. So let's start with Richard. Richard has written a number of books on uh, brain injury for professional survivors. Uh, we here at the Brain Injury Alliance really are so thankful because we hand them out. We give them out. These are some of the items that have really supported so many families that we work with, whether on the phone or in person. Richard, what led you to here and why this book now? I think if you were to read one book on brain injury as a survivor or caregiver, I'm proud to say I think this is the one. Um, and everybody who had um, participated in the reviewing of the book and providing comments and editorial suggestions, uh, the final product speaks for itself. Um, and so first off to Brandon, thank you for your insights and comments on the book. I think your fingerprints are in there. And um, I think you made it a much, much better one with a better voice. 
Sabrina, um, your guidance uh, from a point of view of a caregiver um, was uh, monumental and instrumental in making it better and better. Um, there's been a number of books out there. Uh, there are a number of books out there on the internet, but I think this is one really speaks to the journey and speaks to the mission of the book and kind of a part of my mission as well, not just as an advocate and attorney day-to-day uh, -day with clients, but also in the broader community and even beyond our just uh, community here in Seattle, but statewide and, and nationwide. Um, the CDC back in the early 2000s labeled traumatic brain injury a silent epidemic. And uh, my work uh, has been guided uh, in all that I do to eliminating the word silent from the word from the phrase silent epidemic. And I think once we get uh, continue to strip away the word silent out of silent epidemic, I think we are then more going to be more comfortable talking about the epidemic and how vast it is and how much we need to do to understand it, uh, how much more we need to do in terms of research. Um, so the book is really intended to. Uh, um, help guide, navigate, answer questions for a survivor as well as family. And um, yeah, so that the intention is to just um, make this more accessible. When you get the book, it's uh, more usable. It's color-coded on the side so you can flip to the section you want to get to. And really those ideas came from the survivors who read the book, uh, who told, talked to me about, hey, the font's a little too small, make it bigger, make the margins this way. We need more pictures. Oh, the illustrations are too small. Um, so those were all things that went into the book to make this, I think, something that I'm very, very proud of. Um, and the book took a good six years in its um, writing after the last book, um, yeah. because a lot of uh, research has been coming out in the neuroscience world. And it seemed like every time I put a period, okay, I'm done, I can move <laughs> forward. And all of a sudden, there's a new study that just came out, a new consensus statement. So every time I thought I was at the end point, there was like one more thing that happened that extended the, the journey for me in terms of getting this book done. But I'm very comfortable that we've covered everything up to date. And um, I hope it's a, a tool that will be used far and wide. I loved everything you said about the color coding on the side, the font, the photos, just the look and feel was so welcoming and invitational. So, you know, we have a a broad community here in Seattle and Washington state. And you have a very broad community across the country, Richard, but, but two of the folks who've been really open to sharing their story and, and being part of the community and, and helping to be that type of navigator are with us today, Sabrina and Brandon. So what I was thinking is perhaps some of the dialogue that went on between the two of you, like, okay, what is, what is this going to look like? Wow. This is interesting. And, and what you hoped one as the survivor and one as the caregiver, and then one as a couple who's really involved in this community. So whoever wants to start. Okay, I'll start. Um, so I was involved in the process much later. Um, I recall, I think it was last summer, Brandon was getting packages from Richard on a regular basis, arriving in our mail with things to look at for the book. And um, Brandon was he's really good at, he's an artist. He's very good at visuals. Right. Even after his brain injury, the doctors told us, you know, like Brandon is a visual learner. And so he was actually helping Richard with a lot of that much earlier on in the process than I was. Yeah. Uh, he's also much better at that than I am. So I'm glad that that's, <laughs> that was his involvement and not mine. Um, and so I didn't get involved with the book until 
until there was a physical copy of it, actually, uh, like a pre-printed version, I want to say. Um, and so I read it from cover to cover, whereas I think Brandon, you can correct me if I'm wrong, was more involved in like chunks of the process of getting the book together. Um, also, I think um, when Richard asked me, I think it was just after a board meeting, he's like, hey, do you mind reviewing my book? Uh, I'll give you a firm handshake and you know, you can, <laughs> and I'll put your name somewhere in there. And I was like, that sounds good to me. Uh, plus I'd love to read the book. I'd be honored because I really respect Richard and the work that he does in our community. And I knew it was going to be amazing. Um, and I was actually really surprised when I read the book because I was not expecting it to be as comprehensive as it was. And um, even as somebody who's been in the brain injury community for a little over eight years now and mm -hmm. has been through a lot of what he talked through in the book, um, I still learned a lot from it. So uh, I was really impressed with it. Nice. And yeah. And so that was my involvement uh, early on in the book. Yeah. Brandon. I didn't know long, long ago and far away, you started helping. How did that evolve? Yeah, I got involved with the process with Richard when he reached out to ask if I would be a part of a small group of people uh, that are specifically brain injury survivors to take a look at the book and see what we thought and how did it how did it read and how did it look? And when I say, how did it read? I didn't get the full book like Sabrina did, but I was able to, you know, Richard would say, I'm sending you this one chapter. How does it look? How does it feel? What, what works? What doesn't? Nice. And I would be able to tell him from a brain injured perspective of this font hurts my eyes. This font's too small. Why is that font different than that font on the next page? Why are those bullet points circled? That hurts my eyes. What's happening? And I could actually express the details of my very visual oriented brain. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a designer and I love yeah. graphics and, and, and fonts and I dork out on that stuff and I love them. So if I see something that just hurts my eyes, I want to let the author know on the front end and what actually became of that is a book that is not just completely comprehensive like sabrina said but is a book that is easy enough for somebody with a brain injury to be able to pick up and start getting through because of the way it's organized because of the way it's visually laid out and because of what it doesn't add on for frills of visual excitement, but gives you just enough to help your brain stay on task. And that's the book that Richard delivered. I Yeah, Richard is like patting his heart. And I would have to say the same to hear those types of things. And Brandon, your input, the things that you looked at had a totally new look and feel that was, as I said at the beginning, a little more invitational. Yeah, kind of part of that journey of uh, um, reaching out to survivors, uh, whether we, yeah. whether they're labeled mild, moderate, or severe, they're all in the group, and they all had different opinions. Um, and it was a, a fun process to kind of hear what they said and how they saw it and how to make it better. And it just began to kind of filter, filter, filter to the right message, which really is hope and help, right? Um, and uh, to give you to empower the reader, to empower 
uh, the survivor and family to ask the right kind of questions at the right mm-hmm. point in time to challenge what doctors are doing or not doing in terms of getting their recovery journey more accelerated and moving faster and always recognizing there's a community of people that they're not the only one out there going through what they're going through. So eternally grateful for the work you did and the insight you've given me. Sabrina, yours as well. As close as I am to those who have traumatic brain injury, I'm always quick to remind myself that I, uh, I have not walked in your journey. I've walked next to you. I've walked in front of you. I've walked behind you and I've walked on both sides of you, but it's so different to walk mm-hmm. in your shoes. So thank you for that. Yeah. Reflecting back and, um, you know, for you two, I ref- ask you to reflect back, which I always, I'm always thoughtful about that because when I ask people to reflect back, it's a hard time. Right. So, but as, uh, when Brandon's, um, injury occurred just earlier in the journey. Yeah. I'll actually have Sabrina feel that first because Sabrina being my caregiver was the one who set me on the path of finding care. So I'll let her speak to this. I have many thoughts on this question. So when Brandon had his accident, uh, he had very severe facial injuries. Um, He had to have facial reconstructive surgery, even though his doctor at Harborview was a neurosurgeon, his main doctor, um, most everybody was focused on his face because it was so badly damaged. So, um, you know, once the brain bleed went away, which happened the same night of his accident, all they focused on was healing his face. And so um, I didn't even hear the word brain injury until the day he was discharged from the hospital. And I was handed a one page piece of paper. I think it was double-sided if I recall about a brain injury and that was it. Um, And, you know, when he went home, um, he, he was only in the hospital for a week. Um, and so when he went home again, we were fixated on his face, trying to make sure that was okay. And pretty soon after Brandon kept describing how he was feeling and I noticed changes in his behavior and his mood. And he was having a hard time with big reactions to things. And, you know, at, at first we attributed that to his painkillers, like, cause he was on a lot of painkillers for all of the fractures in his face. Um, And then I did my own research and discovered that these were all from his brain injury and had nothing to do with his face, maybe a little bit from the painkillers, but not that much. And so if I had this book instead of this double-sided handout that was mentioned in passing on the way out of Harborview on a Thursday afternoon, I could have um, understood a little bit sooner what was going on with him and also how to help him because I didn't know how to help him, Um, you know, and if he would get like super upset with me, I would get upset because I was stressed out and I wasn't sleeping either. And I was working. I didn't have time off from work either. And so like, if I had a book to explain what happened, what happens afterwards, what can I do? Who can I connect him with? All of these things, which is exactly what this book has. It is a handbook that I wish I had at Harborview that I could have been reading while he was in his surgeries. When I had time to just sit down and read it, this would have been a game changer. I would have Mm -hmm. known, um, you know, things like uh, there's a chapter where Richard discusses all the different kinds of therapists. I didn't know he was going to have to have a behavioral, a speech, an occupational, a vocational, all these therapists. I didn't even know what they were. 
Um, I didn't know any about this stuff. So really, if I had this book, I think, um, you know, I would have been happier earlier on because I would have been able to handle the situation a little bit better and I wouldn't have felt Uh, quite as lost. mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even in the back, there's a ton of resources of who to contact. Um, You know, I found him a support group through um, BIAWA. I think two months in, we were talking about this yesterday. It was very soon after his accident. You you guys were pretty on it with that, but yes. Yeah. Um, but that was me just feeling hopeless and getting on my computer and like saying, what do I do? Because I, I could sympathize with him, but I couldn't empathize. And I wanted to find people who could empathize with him, basically. Um, and that's how I found the support group. But I had to do all of this on my own um, on little sleep with no help. And so it was very difficult for me. And it, it just would have um, alleviated a lot of the uncertainty. And it would have helped me understand him much better right, right. from the beginning right mm-hmm. from the beginning. Absolutely. I I will speak to the other side of that as somebody who's whose life was completely changed in an instant that I didn't and don't remember when I was hit by a car on my bicycle and now I saw my wife having to be my caregiver with no instruction manual. We always joke about how when parents become parents, you don't get the instruction manual and that's why everybody messes up. And, you know, it's hard to parent. I'm not a parent, I don't know. But this opportunity to now have a, a, a handbook, a, a guide, a companion right. on how to navigate these unknown waters as Sabrina spoke to, how do you, how do you navigate those waters on your own? And even though Sabrina and I are a team and a partnership, she was very much navigating that on her own. I couldn't even look at a screen, whether it be a TV, a tablet, a phone. So I, 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 my brain was not allowed to look at screens. I wasn't even reading. I was just playing my instruments and maybe doing a little artwork and meditating and, you know, having, having some ways to relax, but not, uh, not being able to dig on the internet and search for resources and find out how to take care of myself. That was all on Sabrina as my caretaker. So, you know, going back to one of the very first opening lines that you said, and I'm using my recall because this was an area that was really impacted after my brain injury. You had said that I, I am a core member of this community and I, I just want to extend that right back to Sabrina and say, we, and I know you know that, and I know you feel that, but Sabrina and I are, are very much just like one unit in this. Yes, I am a survivor, and yes, she is a caregiver, but we're like the completion of the whole unit of our journey together on, on what has become, you know, a new path in life that we didn't expect. So from the survivor perspective, if I had a, a caregiver like Sabrina or any of the listeners out there, if I had a handbook to tell me these are the steps of what you're going through right now, here's what you should do, here's what to expect next. And then you get to that next chapter and so forth and so forth. So then it doesn't feel so overwhelming because I know Sabrina felt very overwhelmed in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't imagine anybody not being overwhelmed right. because they don't know. 
Yeah, it's a it's a common thread we hear from so many of our caregivers. And I will say that my you that I stated was absolutely a they. So my my what is that? I grammar was probably off, but it's yeah, you two are a they core core members of this community. And I meant it as a as to both of you. Because I you, know you did that. You both have shared. I always journey. just want to speak yeah. to that because I tell Sabrina every day, I am so grateful for her and all of the care and love she's given to me. Now yeah, I know that, but the, she's a board member. So she has chosen the the true, truly high way of being a part of this community at a, at a core level. And, and as all of my board members, very thankful because it, it's a job. It's another job. And as Sabrina already has the job and had a job when you were injured. But Richard, to hear these things, I, you know, amazing, but to hear this type of, of hopeful impact that, that the book is going to make. And if I jot it down some um, things for our dialogue on dissemination, so that every family and individual and caregiver has their hands on understanding traumatic brain injury, a guide for survivors. So Brandon or Richard, I hands were up. Whoever. Yeah, I, I have thoughts on that. Just like how when in the state of Washington, I can't speak to other states, but in the state of Washington, Richard and his amazing team at Adler Giersch mm -hmm. has been able to advocate and implement laws that when people get a ticket, a speeding ticket, there's a certain portion of that ticket that goes towards brain injury, uh, programming, advocacy, funding for uh, safety and, and all that stuff. Is that accurate, Richard? Uh, you are, you got it right. Yes. Great. So if we can do that with this book, with this handbook, why can't we then have a system where state money helps disseminate books by, okay, John Doe and Jane Doe are in the hospital. It says in their chart, they sustained a traumatic brain injury or so-and-so had a stroke and they have an acquired brain injury. Great. Now that we know that in their chart, when they are, whatever, whatever their status is, if they're getting discharged or they're inpatient, the next step is the next bit of paperwork that comes into them is a copy of that book and it's free and it's included in that very beginning diagnosis of you have a brain injury, here's your book. You know what I mean? That's what I think needs to happen. I think that's um, nothing short of brilliant in terms of how to disseminate it beyond Amazon, beyond our office. Um, the cool thing about what we've done and, and major kudos to my law partners um, that, you know, I read from the back of the book, it says 100% of the funds from the sale of this book will be donated to the Brain Injury Alliance and organizations working to improve the lives of survivors and traumatic brain injuries. So we're not looking to recoup the cost of production of the book, which were fairly expensive to do. Um, but whoever buys the book, um, that's 1995 that goes into the coffers for the Brain Injury Alliance directly or to other groups aligned with the Brain Injury Alliance. Um, so to the extent that we can get the book moving out there into the hands of people who need it, and it's not just survivors and caregivers, it's policymakers, it's employers, it's supervisors, it's coworkers, it's everybody, whoever has the ability yeah. to buy 
100 books, uh, buy them and give them out uh, liberally uh, because it is an epidemic that we're dealing with. And chances are the person you're giving the book to, even if they have not dealt with that issue, likely they know somebody who is dealing with that issue in Absolutely. their family. So, yeah, but uh, we'll, we'll think more on, on the distribution side of things. I'm now just taking an exhale that the book is done yeah. uh, after this kind of six year journey and like, ha, huh. but yeah, we, we need to not wait much longer than a few exhales to say, okay, we got to get this out there for folks because it's a needed resource. Sabrina, as, as you uh, think forward and think future now, um, well, not say, but you are with a very large employer in the state of Washington and those types of ways that you can make connections for others who are listening to be thoughtful about, but this is, this is how I can make connections. And maybe you're in a similar situation to be able to do something, something alike. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, why did I get that? Why did I get that piece of paper when Brandon got discharged? Right. And what would have happened if that piece of paper were the book? instead of that piece of paper, right? I know, How I'm would my life too. be different, yeah. right? Um, and, and I agree with Richard, um, as somebody who has the benefit of working for a large employer and um, being okay financially, I like the idea of purchasing the book and having others purchase it if they're able to, because the funds go directly back to very important work and the reason why we're here today, right? Um, and so, you know, if you have the means and are able to buy the book for somebody else, please do that um, so that you can help out people like Brandon, who found a support group two months after his injury yeah. um, and fund other things like that. But I, I agree with Richard because I think um, a lot of times, um, you know, my employer, we there's data on how many people have disabilities and um, not everybody chooses to answer that survey because not everybody feels comfortable disclosing that information. And so if, you know, larger employers had copies of these books and they were in the hands of managers um, and managers could understand their employees who have had brain injuries or, or potentially something somewhat related, maybe any sort of invisible injury, um, they could take a look at this book and then say, oh, okay, now I know what I can do to adapt to help this employee more. So I think um, in the workplace, having um, training for managers and having books like that are going to be immensely helpful for the lives of the employees that they manage. so that those are my thoughts on that. Well, and it's a it's a bottom up, top down. I, I'm going to be honest. I mean, the things we're talking about in a hospital upon discharge. Here's a book. Large employers making it available. Those are the goals. I mean, those are as we are talking. Thank you, because it's like, you know, Richard, we're having a conversation on dissemination. But boy, I, I as with the writing of your book, the voices on how to disseminate and get it out there. Um, can be many, right? So that's giving me a lot of just great ideas listening to you, you, Sabrina, and you, you, Brandon, because both pieces are critical. The book can serve many purposes for many people. Uh, one of the kind of far-reaching ones that I hope uh, we get there is the, not just a conversation with the, the entire community, those who have brain injury and those who don't, uh, 
because I think the book will help recalibrate, reset, readjust expectations on reintegration back into family, back into work, back into recreation. Well, you've kind of given us a good segue, Richard, into our next session, because as we move to this, we move to the professionals and how that all works together. Um, we're, we're coming to a closure. We're coming to an end of another great session. Um, I will have final thoughts from Sabrina and Brandon, and then, and then back to you, Richard, to really to wrap us up. I would say, uh, Richard, I've known Richard a while now. Richard knows that I'm brutally honest, especially with him. And if I didn't believe in this book, I would have said, hey, thanks for the chance to review it. Please do not put my name anywhere. I don't want to be associated with it. <laughs> um, but I didn't. I enthusiastically said thank you for giving me the opportunity to read this. Um, and I know some of the feedback I gave him. Um, one of my biggest complaints was that the caregiver section was not long enough. Um, and I noticed in the book that was published, it was expanded. And the part that was expanded was excellent. And I want caregivers to read nice. that section. I'm not going to give it away, but it's got amazing advice for caregivers that, again, I wish I had had. So I would say, you know, if you know anyone affected by brain injury, please, if you have the means, buy them this book. If you don't talk to me and I will make sure that they get this book because wow. it's an invaluable resource. It's something that has been needed for such a long time. And it's something that would have changed my life had I had yeah. it earlier on. Wow. Always wow, right. Thank you, Sabrina. I appreciate the love and the support and, uh, and your brutally honest opinions always. Always, always. Thank you. Sabrina is always a hard act to follow, but I will do my best just by saying, Richard, thank you. Because anybody who's listening to this, we can tell you that you, you know, you're listening to this podcast. Right. For a reason. You are a part of this community, no matter if you're a caregiver, a survivor, a provider, a brother, a daughter, wherever your role is, you're a part of this community. And reading, like Sabrina said, either the entire book or whatever chapter is pertinent to you and what you need to gain knowledge in in order to help somebody in your life that has a brain injury, go ahead and read it. And I'm grateful to be a part of this journey. And if my input in any way helped anybody reading the book have an easier time reading it after their brain injury, then my work is done here. Yeah. So. Richard, thank you. Deborah, thank you for having all of us on today. This has really been a pleasure. Richard, nice bow on this amazing session. Um, hard to uh, follow, not just Sabrina, but then Brandon and then mm -hmm. together. It's, um, I'll try just to say thank you to uh, the Brain Injury Alliance for having this podcast and having an opportunity to uh, get the word out on the book. I hope it does its intended purpose of um, educating reorienting and pushing the conversation to the kitchen table and the and into the workplace so that there's more information and more hope and more understanding so um thank you for everything that you've done deborah and uh, to brandon as well as to sabrina yeah well it's it's been informative and i think yeah our mission now and for everyone listening is is to to receive a copy of the book we will have information in our notes on that 
And the last thing I will say is people listening, I, it's been mentioned a number of times. There's there's different subjects, just different chapters of the book that may be appropriate and you may want to read now. But I think the beauty of the book and what we know about the journey is that at other times in life, there'll be other chapters that you'll want to read and you'll want to know and they'll be here for you in the book. I want to thank all my guests for being here today. Um, Richard, thank you again. Thank you. Brandon, always a pleasure. Thank you, friend. Thank you, Sabrina. Thanks so much for having me, Deborah. It's a pleasure. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brain Injury Today. If you want to get in touch with our guests, you can find their information in the show notes for this episode. Remember to tune in to our next episode where we're going to talk about how professionals can utilize Richard's book. So a a different perspective and be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google or Spotify. So you never miss an episode. Give us a rating and share with your family and friends. As always, you can find support by calling our resource line at 877-982-4292 or visiting BIAWA.org. You are never alone. Our mission and goal is to support you. And we will see you next time on Brain Injury Today. All the best.